Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for your words. Um, Lord, please, this morning, would it be more precious to us than silver and sweeter to us than honey as we think about it together, whether we're young, whether we're old, whether we're familiar with Christian things or just thinking about them for the first time. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, children, keep a hand on those Play-Doh models. We're going to be thinking a bit more about those later on. Uh, You're going to be able to share some of them with me up here. Do you remember in our family services last month, we started to think about the Ten Commandments, those ten special rules that God gave to his people long, long ago. And we thought about how they were the best way to live, not just old rules written down, but the best way to live. And we remembered the story of where they came from. Do you remember God's people were slaves in Egypt under Pharaoh, and God saved them out of Egypt. He took them through the Red Sea into the desert. He took them up Mount Sinai, and on the top of Mount Sinai, he gave 10 special rules to Moses. And then Moses came down the mountain, and sadly, instead of it taking 11 days walk to get to the promised land, it took them 40 years because the people of God, they didn't listen to his special rules, and they grumbled against God, and God said, right, all of you lot who I saved, you're all going to die in the desert, and all your children will be the ones who get into the promised land. And so here we are, you can see at the end of the the wiggly red arrow, we're on the edge of the promised land 40 years later, and Moses is speaking the Ten Commandments to God's people again. And last time, last month, we saw that God's... God's, uh, Where are we going? God's law is for God's saved people. That's what we thought about. God's law is for God's saved people. And then we started to look at the first one. It said, you shall have no other gods before me. Do you remember what that was? It was make God number one. Make God number one. But how? How can we make God number one? Well, the first, the the next of our Ten Commandments is going to help us. Let me start to read it for you. He says, you shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. How do we make God number one? Lesson number one. Don't love stuff that's made more than the God who made you. Don't love stuff that's made more than the God who made you. He says, you shall not make yourself an image and you shall not bow down to it. Now, that doesn't mean you're not allowed to make a Play-Doh model. It doesn't mean that Ali is out of a job because he's not allowed to do art. It doesn't mean that. It means you're not allowed to treat stuff that you've made as if it's God. Don't love stuff more. Don't love stuff that's made more than the God who made you. Let's think about that with a story. What's this story? Who knows what this story is? Easy question. What's this story? Everyone's shy. It's the story of the, yeah, Joel. Brilliant, the golden calf. So there's Moses at the top of the mountain, and all the people at the bottom, and they're thinking, where is Moses? He's taking ages and ages and ages. And so they go to Moses' brother, and they say, Aaron, make us a god. Make us a God that we can follow. And so he says, I know what to do. Give me all your gold earrings, and I'm going to put them in a, in a saucepan, and I'm going to melt them down, and I'm going to put them in a mold, and I'm going to make yourself, make you a golden calf. And he says, here is your God who saved you. 
and they all have a big party and they bow down and worship this golden calf. They love stuff that's made more than the God who made them. Now, we might look at that story and think, what a silly thing to do. And it is a silly thing to do. But you know, people have always been doing that. I wonder if you've ever seen pictures like this or models like this in a museum or maybe in a friend's house. All the time through history, people have made stuff and then treated it as if it was God. The people around the people of Israel, they made images of the sun and the moon and the stars and of people and of creatures and of fish and they said, this is God. They loved stuff that was made more than the God who was made that had made them. Now, how can we do that? I've got two suggestions. First of all, we make stuff with our hands. Put your hand up if you've got a hand. Well done. We make stuff with our hands. Now, boys and girls, come and show me some of the stuff that you've made. Who wants to come and show me a model? Come on, up you come. And we're going to display them up here. I'm going to ask you what it is, and you're going to tell me what it is. Come on. What have you made? Balls. Brilliant. That is a very, very sensible thing to do, given you didn't have a lot of time. Footballs. That sort of stuff, maybe. What have you made? What have you made? A ninja. Awesome. Look at that. A ninja. Lola, what have you made? A bunny. Oh, look at that. Luke, what have you made? A roller coaster. That is pretty cool. Um, what else have we got? Yeah. What have you made? A heart. A heart. Fantastic. Well done. What's... A snail. A snail. Have you got a pet snail, Spencer? No, you just like snails. Okay. What if... A football. Well done, Bertie. You made a football. A heart, a snail. What else have we made? Coco. What is it? it you made Bertie. Very good. Very good. There we go. Fantastic. We can make stuff with our hands. We can make um, buildings and toys and electricity and aeroplanes. And Oh, we've got some more models. Brilliant. What have you got, Evan? A dog man. Brilliant. What have you got? What is that? Maybe it's another ninja. Not sure. What's this? A flower. Fantastic. Well done. Do you want to go and sit down? We can make all sorts of stuff with our hands and we can think, that is the most important thing in my life. But we can also make stuff with our minds. Touch your head if you've got a mind. Brilliant. We can make stuff with our minds. What are some of those things? Stuff like being happy and having fun. Being safe. Doing really well at school or at work. Having enough money and power to do what we want. Having that one special person in our life or those perfect children in our life. We can make stuff with our minds and with our hands. Now, it's not wrong to make stuff. God made us to be like little mini creators like he is. But it's wrong to treat stuff that we've made like the God who made us. Don't love stuff that's made more than the God who made you. Let's think about that with this story that we learned from the Bible about the rich man. Do you remember that story from the, about the, the rich man? The rich man, he was a good man. 
And he said to Jesus, what must I do to get eternal life? He wanted to know how he could live in heaven forever with God. And Jesus said to him, I'll tell you what to do. Keep the commandments. He said, oh, great, I've done that. Which ones? So Jesus listed some commandments. He said, yeah, I've done all of those since I was really little. But I'm still not quite sure I'm going to be able to get to go to heaven. What else have I got to do? And Jesus said, if you want to be perfect, go, sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, then come follow me. So Jesus was showing this man that the most important thing in his life was his money and his wealth and his power and his security and his status. He said, give it all away and make me number one. Do you know what the man did? He went away sad because he had great wealth. He didn't want to do it. What was the most important thing in his life? Well, it wasn't the God who made him. It was stuff that was made. We can all do that. The Bible says that we changed the truth of God for a lie. We swapped the truth about God for a lie. And we worshipped, we loved stuff that's made more than the God who made us. And so God says to us, don't do that. Don't love stuff that's made more than the God who's made you. Maybe that's something we could think about at home, by ourselves, with our friends, or with our children. Where do we love stuff that's made, whether it's with our hands, whether it's with our minds, more than the God who made us? Why? Why should we not love stuff like this? Why can't God share his love around a little bit? Next lesson. Because God's love for you is a very serious thing. God's love for you is a very serious thing. Let's listen to what God says next. He says, don't make these things, don't bow down, don't worship them. Why? For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. Should we we just check that it really says that? I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. Definitely says that. Now, jealousy is usually a bad thing, isn't it? Anyone ever heard of the green-eyed monster? Anyone ever heard of that? It's a picture to represent what it's like when people get jealous. I wish I had a better car. They've got a bigger house. I wish I had a bigger house. They've got a better job. They've got more friends. They get to do more fun stuff. They attend a more impressive church. We look at people and think, I wish I had that. Um, the green-eyed monster is a picture of jealousy in people. It's not a good thing. So is God jealous like that? Of course not. God's jealousy is not like our jealousy. God's jealousy is like a husband or a wife saying, the special love that we've got for each other is just for us, and we're not going to share it with anyone else. God's jealousy is like the people of Ukraine saying, our country is ours, and if someone tries to steal it, we're going to fight for it. His jealousy is a good thing. It's like a super glue-like glue, and he says, I'm going to stick my love to my people, and I expect them to stick their love towards me. And he says, look, what's going to happen if you don't do that? He says, I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. Now, that sounds like a pretty serious thing. I wonder, boys and girls, I won't ask you to put your hand up. 
Have your parents ever said to you, if you keep doing that, there's going to be consequences? Well, Lola's very honest. Maybe it's like when you're little, you have to sit on the step or something like that or have a timeout. When you're a bit bigger, you, you, you don't get screen time or your pocket money is suspended or whatever it is. There are consequences. And God says to his people, if you keep on treating stuff that's made like it's me, there'll be consequences. And those consequences will go on and on and on to your children and your grandchildren, on and on and on. It'll ruin you on the inside. Consequences. What was the consequence for um, making a golden calf? Who knows? Golden calf juice. Moses came down, he was cross, and he said, right. And he got the golden calf and he ground it up in a giant food processor type thing and he mixed it with water and he said to the people of God, you're going to drink it. You're going to drink the idol that you have made. It's a bit like me saying, you've got to eat your Play-Doh models. Don't do it, by the way. It's very bad for you. Lots of salt. You'll get salt poisoning. Very bad. But the Bible says if we treat stuff that's made like the God who made us, then the poison, the golden calf juice, comes, just goes down and down and down into our hearts, into our lives. It says, because people thought it foolish, thought it stupid to acknowledge God, because we thought we don't really want to worship the God who made us and love him, God allowed them to their fo- abandon them to their foolish thinking and let them do things that should never be done. All the mess in our lives, all the mess in the world is a consequence of you and me treating stuff that's made like the God who made us. God's love for you is a very serious thing. I wonder if we should think about this with our families, with our friends, or by ourselves. The way we speak and the way we talk, whether at home or with our friends from church or with our friends who aren't Christians, it shows people what's most important to us. And we want to be showing people that Jesus is most important to us, that God is most important to us, our creator, not the stuff that's made, whether with our hands or whether with our minds. What are we supposed to do about this? Are we supposed to just try harder? The answer is Jesus. Sunday school answer. The Bible says the sun is the image of the invisible God. This is pretty cool. The sun is the image of the invisible God. God made you and me to be images, to reflect God, to be like a mirror. And yet what we do is we pretend... We make one little piece, it's like one little piece of Play-Doh bowing down to another little piece of Play-Doh saying, you're my God, what a wonderful thing you are. Isn't that stupid? That's how we treat created things. One image worshipping another, one mirror bowing down in front of another. The Bible says that Jesus is the perfect mirror. He's the creator who made everything. He's the ruler who rules everything. And he's the saviour. Because he never bowed down to an image. He always worshipped God, his heavenly father, perfectly. And then, most amazingly of all, he drank the poison of the golden calf juice, if you like. He said, okay, I've never treated stuff that's made like the God who made everything. I am the God who made everything, but I always love my father in heaven. But I'm going to be punished so that they don't have to be. 
I'm going to drink the juice of God's anger, his crossness, at other people loving other stuff more than they love him. And that is why he could say to this young man, come follow me. He could say, I am the image of the invisible God. Come follow me. And what happens if we do that? Well, Jesus' friend Peter said to, said to Jesus, Lord, we've left everything to follow you. What then will there be for us? It's like, Jesus, we've made you number one. What is there for us? Jesus said, everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or fields for my sake will, not, will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. It's like he's saying, if you have put me number one and stop treating things that are made as number one, then you will have eternal life. It's a bit like saying, I'm not going to worship these things anymore. I'm going to make God number one. All those things are rubbish. Only God is number one. So that is commandment number two. Not just words on a piece of stone, but God's words showing us the best way to live. Should we put it in our own words one last time? Don't love stuff that's made more than the God who made you. Because God's love for you is a very serious thing. So love and follow Jesus, the perfect image of God, instead. Should we bow our heads and pray? Lord, we thank you so much that you are the image of God. You're the perfect creator, you're the perfect ruler, and you're the savior. We're sorry for when we treat things that are made, whether with our hands or with our minds, like the God who made us, for the ways in which we swap you for that stuff. Please forgive us, and please help us to take your love seriously, and help us, Lord, to worship Jesus and follow him. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.